Welcome to the Flyman Fishing Show, where we talk fly fishing, fly tying, and everything in between. I'm your host, Scotty Davis. There it is. There we go. Driving down the highway. I'm parked now. <laughs> nice. I, dude, I don't know how to use any kind of technology, so yeah, so these, I'm learning. These were my first Zoom calls ever, so. Awesome. Yeah, man. What's new? Dude, just chilling. Just uh, been running around this morning, get some stuff done, and uh, about to do some work before after I talk to you. Nice. That was a good event you had the other day. Yeah, you had a good time? Oh, man, it was great. Barbecue awesome. and free barbecue and free beer. How could I have a bad time? Yeah, <laughs> I figure that's uh, that, that's the easiest way to get people to show up for an event. Yeah, you lure you lure them in with free stuff, especially alcohol. I don't know how the barbecue worked with all the vegans in West Asheville, but you know, we didn't invite them anyway, I, did you? <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't try too hard to. When it when it comes to food, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go out of my way to take meat out of anything. Yeah. Well, that was good, man. Um, well, we're talking yeah. today with, with Danny Reed, for those of y'all that don't know him, the uh, mastermind behind Crooked Creek Holler and a uh, hell of a guy and tattoo artist. Uh, was that your first party at the store, the new show? That was. That was the first event. I mean, our grand opening, like the day we opened, uh, it was pretty busy, but we didn't. This is our first like event because we opened the store in November. So it's been a lot of, you know, COVID regulation and stuff going on. So this is the, you know, now that the sun's out and it's warm and um, they've lifted all these mandates here in town and around the country, we wanted to have an outdoor event. Yeah. So how long have you been behind that brand? At least 10 years, right? It's, I'd say we're pushing eight years right now. Eight? Nice. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, I'm trying to think. I think it's been eight years since I made like the first sticker and t-shirt and then, uh, it's and then it was always just online right. and then a few years ago i sold it uh through hunter banks and had all my stuff in there on display and then since november it's just been in the store only nice yeah yeah that's a cool concept it's a lot of your stuff and a lot of other kind of cool stuff that people like us would be into yeah it's you know i work with uh i'm trying to find a good way to hold this damn phone um <laughs> Yeah, I, I try to do about 70% of the work, 75% of the work artistically, and then I hire friends to do other stuff. On the shirts and the logos and whatnot? Yeah, yeah, like uh, just honestly, it's it's too much with, with work and everything else to do every bit of design work. Yeah. I just can't get it done. So I started um, reaching out to buddies, uh, mostly other people that fish too, or, or people that have some sort of like uh, tie into – the outdoors and stuff who are also artists and asking them to do stuff as well. Like the hat you're wearing, yeah. my buddy Dan Santoro designed, and he's a tattooer and a big angler from um, New York and Pennsylvania. Nice. Um, yeah. This hat looks just like my new dog. And he acts <laughs> just like that too. I was like, I gotta have it. <laughs> yeah. That's been a popular one, man. Uh, everyone loves dance uh, artwork. And the, the hellbender too. That's a really good one. Yeah, man. I just, uh, you know, like it's um, the Hellbender's always been uh, just a, a kind of like a, a myth around the mountains around here. I mean, you know, not we all know they exist, but not everyone's seen them. And when you tell people about them, they think you're making it up. Right. But, you know, it's it's the largest salamander in North America and the third largest in the world. And they're, you know, endangered, just really, really cool critters. So 
we we we've been talking a long time about trying to design a hat uh to kind of represent that yeah have you seen a lot of them yourself i've only seen i've only seen one ever in the wild nice. that was around north uh, carolina there, yeah that was uh in brevard nice might be your spirit yeah. animal <laughs> yeah i mean they're 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 pretty amazing do they that they're almost hard to recognize you know because they're they kind of just look like a long turd right <laughs> you know they're like they're like brown and gray yeah and like you know they they're they're pretty crazy looking but yeah they're just an awesome little animal yeah so you designed that one i did Hillbender. yeah so the the river critter series which is that was part of was uh i mean i got more coming out this summer but uh the first ones were a frog a turtle and the hellbender nice and then I got a few other critters coming out this summer and we're going to kind of continue with like, uh, you know, just different animals you might see on the river fishing or, or, you know, even, uh, not necessarily on the river, on the lake, uh, on the salt flats, wherever, but like, and kind of bringing in, uh, non-aquatic, uh, you know, non-fish species yeah. kind of into the brand that are still like kind of cool critters that you see. For sure. Um, yeah. so obviously you start, you started tattooing before crooked creek um was yeah, that been kind tattooing of a, 20 years dang come yeah you don't look that old started <laughs> i'm 40 <laughs> there you go I've been, I've been tattooing half my life yeah and that started obviously you're a great artist so you that started first you've been doodling and drawing your whole life and yeah drawing my whole life and um like ever since i was a kid i wasn't really good at much else uh terrible at sports um okay at skateboarding but, uh, yeah, I just started, uh, drawing all the time on all my school papers and, uh, yeah, it's just, it just one thing led to another and I knew I wanted to get tattooed when I grew up and yeah. I started getting tattooed in high school. And then pretty soon after, uh, graduating high school, I found someone, uh, who's willing to teach me how. Nice. Have you ever given yourself a tattoo? Yeah. A bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, especially when I was learning how you, yeah. you kind of got to like, uh, you got to be your own Guinea pig. Yeah. Hard to find somebody to dedicate space. You know, like, it's my first tattoo, like, no, thanks. dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you'd be surprised. You start telling again, going back to free stuff. Yeah. Uh, free beer. Also free tattoos. Well, any, there's so oh, many yeah. people will come in the door. You'd be like, Hey, I have no idea what I'm doing. It's completely free. I'm learning. And people are like, yeah, sign me up. Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah, Matt Slitsky, yeah. one of the pig farm founders, they're so into like the really bad tattoos that he let me give him. Oh, one. yeah. And he was like, nope, <laughs> didn't want me to practice. He wouldn't let, even let me sketch it out. Um, and I was like, I heard you could like practice on a grapefruit or something like that. He's like, nah, not happening. <laughs> so no, I started staring down, skin. going back and forth. And he's, you know, got to go one direction, hurting him. Yeah. That's the only way to do it. You just gotta, you just gotta dive in. Well, the shirt's a cool idea because a lot of your tattoos look like the the artwork on the shirt. It's like the psychedelic trout. That's pretty. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot there's like a, there's definitely style. like some some crossover from like tattooing into the brand, and I, I think that's kind of what keeps it fresh from other stuff in the fly fishing world. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's definitely unique. Um, yeah, just that's always kind of been the goal is like just to make stuff that's different than what's being available in other places you know yeah yeah or um, a lot of are your shirts limited runs we have a few shirts that the one especially the ones i draw th they'll be more consistent and available they'll change colors and stuff like that but i try and keep certain ones around for 
longer periods of time. But then when we work with our other artists, we do yeah. limited edition. Nice. That way, I you know I can I can pay the artist what what they want, and we we come to terms on what I'm printing and how much I'm making, and then and then we do like a real limited release. And I think it keeps it. I think people want something that not everyone has. You know, right. I, it's it's nice to to be able to, you know buy something and know that you're not going to run into everybody wearing the same thing. Right. Yeah. Are you going to continue those parties throughout the summer, or throughout the rest? Of yeah. The year? So we got. Yeah, we got another one in July, August, and September, and they'll all be kind of the same vibe. It'll be Southern culture on the fly doing barbecue or some sort of like grilled and smoked meats. Uh, we'll have some sort of guest um, at every one of them, kind of just whether they're doing a little talk or just there to kind of demo stuff, and then we'll do free beer with a local brewery. Nice. So that's that's the the summer sessions that we're, we're planning. So four of those, and then moving into fall and winter, we're going to be doing um, maybe know, as it gets colder, start kind of forming into some different events, outdoor movies at the shop uh, projected up on the wall, uh, some fly tying nights, just like basically once a month trying to get everyone in the fly fishing community and the fishing community in general, just involved. Yeah. That's, I that's, think there's, a, there's a lot of people that fish around here and we're just trying to like, create a place where everyone can kind of uh gather and and have a good time and also not have to spend any money just a yeah. free event yeah yeah it was definitely real laid back that um that parking spot is that where you're going to do the movies in that little covered area yeah 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 exactly we'll, we'll set up we'll set up chairs i mean it'll be really comfortable so if we have, get bad weather or anything it's it's nice to have a full covered area yeah well you don't think about i don't think about that uh the mountains being hot but it got pretty warm up there on saturday standing in the sun it, it was surprisingly warm yeah. it was i think i think it was about 90 degrees at the peak yeah Dang. too hot for me yeah that's yeah that's mountain that's not mountain weather <laughs> no no that's that, that that was uncommonly hot for for this time of year yeah so you had cam from the fiberglass manifesto uh casting rods like, yeah. a lot of people interested in that oh man yeah like uh cameron and i met probably i don't know seven years ago it's been a long time. I met him right after I started the company and uh, he's just always been a huge help and uh, just kind of endorsed everything I do. He's just one of those guys, you know, he knows everybody. Yeah. He loves to introduce people to each other. He's just, he's one of my favorite people in the fishing industry, just cause he is the, he's the middleman for all things. Right. And he brings people together. He just, uh, yeah, he's great, man. He is. So he was, he was the first person we wanted to ask because he's been so helpful to me and the company. And uh, yeah, he brought a ton of rods. People cast them all day long. You got a lot of people stoked on fiberglass. Yeah. You sell it. You're selling a few fiberglass rods, right? We do. That's the only, like one of the only like things we sell are um, rods made by Shane Gray from Gray Wolf Rods. I've been buying glass rods from him personally for, for years now. And Cameron introduced us. And uh, so when I was up in the store, I knew that no one else around really carried fiberglass stuff. So I didn't really want to step on the toes of any other fly shops. And I wanted to have something really unique. So I figured we'd carry custom glass rods. And that way it's just, it's just, you know, it's bringing something else to the table that no, other people aren't doing. Right. Yeah. Your fly selection was like that too. Your, your uh, musky wall is pretty damn impressive. Yeah. Just, just streamers only, you know, yeah. I mean, our, our, our friends at Hunter Banks down the road, uh, they're good friends of ours and they're awesome people and they cover 
everything you could think of for trout. Um, all the nymphs, all the dry flies. And we just wanted to only carry stuff that they didn't really focus on. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, we, we carry like, like the Flyman, uh, Blaine chocolate, all those changers, everything that you guys offer. And then we have a bunch of custom tied musky flies. Who did that? I just local guy there. Uh, so yeah. Um, we got, uh, let's see weights and measures out of Minneapolis. Uh, he's doing a bunch of our musky flies. Uh, Kyle Burnett uh, out of yeah. Burnsville from Southern Drifters and then Nate Hensley. He's another local guy from Weaverville and uh, he's doing uh, he's doing some big like custom flies as well. He, uh, his company's Wild Man Flies. Nice. Yeah, that's so he, on he's the a bottom. super. Yeah, super fishy dude. Um, yeah. So just between those three guys um, for the, the bigger flies. And then we also have. Uh, Angler's Choice flies um, out of Smyrna Beach. Yeah. So um, Mike's <laughs> fly, you know, Mike from down there. So he's, uh, we have a, a big selection of his stuff for trout and bass as well. Yeah, that's, that's, um, those things are so impressive. Those big musky flies. Oh man, they're awesome. Yeah. And, and they take so much time. I mean, you know, the material. People look at oh. them, like how much they're, they're, you know, they are an expensive fly, but it's like, if you want to get into tying them, yeah. you're going to spend hundreds of dollars just to buy material. Yeah. Hell, it's got $7 worth of hackle feathers on it, you know? Yeah. I think I lost you there. It. Yeah. I can still hear you. There you are. I'm coming back. <laughs> so I guess a lot of people don't realize that where you are in, around Asheville is actually the southernmost part of the muskies range, right? The French broad. Yeah, as far as I know. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd love to say I know more about the fish, but I've only caught one of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've, I've put some time into trying to catch them, but uh, I've been lucky enough to catch one. And um, so I, I haven't really been able to, uh, I, I don't know. I, there's some much more experienced people, but I, 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 there's not a lot of information on them. You know, if you, unless, you know, the people that do know a lot about muskie, they keep it pretty close to themselves yeah for sure you know because it, it, it's such a hard fish to catch but yeah as far as i know we're the southernmost point to catch them yeah. and we have a, we have a, a pretty solid musky fishery yeah it seems real healthy all the all the pictures and stuff i hear it seems like it's it's doing really well yeah You're well the beauty of, a, of it is is the river stays uh it doesn't get too hot and that's what keeps them keeps them happy from what i understand yeah you're more of a small mouth junkie aren't you if, if they, that's the one, that's my favorite fish <laughs> by far. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's the fish that, that makes me really happy. I mean, I, I love bass species in general. Uh, I prefer them over everything else. Um, in America, smallmouth bass are my favorite. Yeah. And you, tra you uh, traveled, I love right? I love you've, been to, bass. you've been to Beaver Island with Cam, right? Chase those things. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've been uh, to Beaver Island, I think six times now. Damn. Um, once with Cameron and then he introduced me to the island and all the people there. And then, uh, I just, I just got back from a trip there. I was just there like a week and a half ago. How was that? And it is insane. <laughs> it's, it's just, <laughs> it's one of my favorite places in the world. It's just, uh, it's just a really beautiful place with really good people and it's, it's true vacation fishing. Yeah. You know, some places it's like stressful to get there. The fishing can be stressful and this, this is the opposite. You know, it's, it's easy to get to and, and, a, and a whole lot of fun and relaxation and fishing. And um, it, you actually, you don't feel like you've uh, had a high stress trip when you leave there. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you go somewhere salty and it can be, 
you know, it take a long time to get there and the fishing right. can be really tough and really stressful. And, and you kind of leave being like, damn, like feeling a little bit defeated. Yeah. Uh, Beaver Island's the opposite of that. Nice. And that water it's, is it's more like so yeah, crazy. It's great. It looks like you're in the Bahamas or something. White sand, crystal clear water. It's beautiful. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a, tr- is it's a that true water. Gym. Is the rest of the lake that clear? Or is it really just around Beaver Island? Um, I've flown over that lake a bunch, like pretty low, and it is really, really clear. So it's just all about the depth and what's on the bottom. Yeah. But the closer you get towards land and to islands, you get a lot of just like kind of uh, rocky and sandy bottom. And I'd say the clarity's good for easily 25, 30 feet. Jesus. That you can just see straight to the bottom easily um, with good sunlight. And then when you're in shallow water, which we're fishing, you know, it's like, I mean, you can, you can, you can, you're, you're, you can see fish at 70, 80 feet, which is pretty cool. That is cool. To be, to be of, able to spot a fish. What kind of flies are y'all throwing? Um, you know, if it's warm enough, I'm, I'm throwing top water as much as possible. Um, I was throwing those double barrels every afternoon. As soon as the sun came out, I'd fish those until we were done fishing. Uh, you know, on a, on a sunny day. Other than that, micro clousers, uh, little crawdads, uh, little tiny, just little tiny streamers, leeches. I mean, the stuff you'd expect, you know, like fish to eat, but almost smaller than you'd expect, like kind of smaller versions yeah. of just um, what we might fish around here. Sometimes you'll fish a bigger crawdad in, in the Appalachian Mountains for, for bass, but up there, it's a much smaller kind of uh, crop, crop pattern. Um, you throw in seven weights normally. I throw an eight weight. Yeah, uh, mostly glass. for. Uh, no, I mean I, it depends. I usually bring glass with me, but uh, this time around I, w- I was mostly fishing graphite. Um, I like an eight weight just because it's. I find it to be the most versatile rod. Yeah. For for every you know for everything I want to do, I mean from sinking line to floating line, big flies. It's just it's just the perfect rod for me. So, I and also you sometimes get a lot of wind. And you're, and you're also casting sometimes, you know, anywhere from 50 to 70 feet uh, when the fish are acting a little spooky because the water's so clear. Right. You're trying to get some good distance, and that eight, that eight weight just sends it. Yeah. That's good, though. You can leave that one rod in your car and just fish all the way down the coast, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, you can take eight weight to Charleston, yeah. you know, where you're at for redfish. You can take an eight weight to the jungle of Brazil and chase peacock bass. It's the perfect, you know, weight for bonefish it's a little underpowered for permit, but you can do permit on it. I mean, yeah. it really is, I think, the most versatile rod for f- the kind of fishing I want to do. Yeah. And if I'm fishing for trout, I prefer to streamer fish. So it's also, uh, I find it the best for that as well. Yeah. So Beaver Island is kind of known, known for the carp, too. Do you ever get into that? I do. I, I, I purposely go earlier in the season because the smallmouth fishing is better. Yeah. And, the, and, and then and the carp are starting to kind of warm up. I, I see a lot of carp, but they're being a little more picky. They're either pre-spawn or they're, they're spawning when I'm there. And so they're not super interested in eating flies. Um, but every trip, I usually will take a little time to target them and I'll, and I'll catch. Like this past trip, I only caught one, but I only tried fishing for them for an hour. Yeah. You know, I mean, the rest, there's so many smallmouth that like, that's what I'm there for. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hunting for the biggest smallmouth I can find. You know, like yeah. that, that, that's what makes me happy. I mean, I, I'd say the majority of people that go up there are for carp. 
because it's like it's you're, i mean you're it's like permit fishing for carp i mean you're you're spotting them at a huge distance and you're like you're do, making big casts and presentations to these fish and they're spooky they're super smart and uh they're, they're incredibly challenging and so i think a lot of people that go up there they like that challenge of yeah. of being able to to chase carp like that uh, my buddy kevin that's one of the guides up there he always says it's like a day of carp fishing up there is the equivalent to, to permit fishing except for you have 150 uh chances at casting at one instead of like maybe you know three or ten or whatever you know yeah depending it's just it's just a lot more it's just as picky of a fish but way more opportunities to cast right i think i'd be i'd be more frustrated with 150 blown shots than five blown shots you know <laughs> if, if i mean i would say if a really good presentation on a carp you have you have a you have a probably a 30 to 40 percent chance of them eating and so if you if you kind of do that math of a, a day of, of lots of shots, yeah. you, I mean, everyone that wants to catch a carp usually catches one. And if you want to catch a bunch of them, you usually can. Yeah. It just it just means you're going to dedicate all of your time to that. And to me, it's like when you have smallmouth everywhere that are hungry as hell yeah. and ready to eat. It's I'd rather just I don't know. It's all I, I guess I, I take the easy way out. Well, your hands won't stink when you release them, too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, this, but. <laughs> it's uh yeah it just depends on what you're into i mean carp are obviously an amazing species but i i got i got one week out of the year i get to go up there i'm going to catch as many smallmouth as possible yeah and they're bigger average than where you are or about they are time. i mean they're the big difference between those lake smallmouth and, and river smallmouth here is 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 weight and girth you're just going to get a way taller broader big shouldered smallmouth that uh, is older, it's uh, its body's bulkier, it's not fighting any current. Uh, our smallies around here, even if you catch a really long one, it's gonna tend to be more slender. Um, it's a more kind of fit fish, you know, right. it's constantly battling current in its whole life. And, and, and it's gonna have a lot more, um, I don't know, like our, the smallmouth here, they, they live a harder life, I'd say. And they fight harder. The, yeah. I think a river fish fights a little harder. But those lake fish, I mean, they they'll bend an eight weight in half. I mean, and and they, and they will they will bulldog you uh, as hard as they possibly can. Yeah. But they, yeah, they they are a very different. It's it's a different type of smallmouth for sure. Yeah, I got. They look they look really different. So what's the deal? But they're you, way bigger. You fly into Traverse City and then take a little plane over. Yeah, I usually well this time I I drive sometimes I fly sometimes. Um, I didn't want to fly this year because. It was three separate flights. Oh yeah. It was going to be a whole day of flying, and I didn't want to sit in a plane with a mask on. I'm six foot four. I'm too big for a damn <laughs> tiny ass plane. I was like, I can't do this. So yeah. I just drove myself. So it's like 15 hour, 14, 15 hour drive to Traverse City. I usually go up there, hang out for a day or two, and then drive up to Charlevoix. And uh, you can either take a plane or a ferry over to the island. Nice. It's a two and a half hour boat ride or a 30 minute plane ride yeah yeah i guess if you got all your stuff it makes sense just take the ferry over yeah it depends if you want to bring a car over you know the ferry the ferry brings cars over um so it just depends on what you want to do i mean some you know if i'm driving i pack pretty heavy just so i i, I bring everything i could ever think of i bring tons of alcohol <laughs> you know all kinds of shit to just bring up to friends and stuff but 
yeah so this year we took the fairies just so we could haul as much stuff over as possible that's awesome um you said something earlier about peacock you spent a little time in the amazon didn't you yeah i've been i've been down to the brazilian amazon i think four times now damn didn't realize you um amazon. and I'm, I'm going again uh early uh next year so the peacock bass are a close second to the smallmouth oh by far yeah <laughs> they they do they do everything a smallmouth does and more bigger bigger and harder they're, they're they're bigger they fight harder they t-bone flies they they jump and rattle like a tarpon i mean when they i mean they are the most aggressive pissed off fish one of the only fish i know that you can hit them with a fly miss them and it casts right back to them and they want to eat it even more the second or third time yeah like they don't spook they just i mean they are super angry fish <laughs> and that's what it makes it makes it so much fun we like that <laughs> Yeah, I remember as a kid, like my granddad got me a subscription, like Field and Stream or Outdoor Life. But I remember this sentence verbatim, and I had probably just learned to read. But it was an article about the Brazilian peacocks, and it said, "Imagine dropping a television out of an airplane." And that's what they compared yeah. the topwater strike to. And since then, I've just been dying to do that. It's absolutely absurd. I have, I, I will have to say, I've never caught one on topwater. Uh, as much as I've wanted to, we just haven't gotten into a situation where they were doing that whether it was water levels or whatever but i mean i've had days down there that were just absurd yeah i mean sometimes and it's like you know you, sometimes you get into a pod of, of these fish and you, you, you every cast is a fish and you got two guys both fishing at the same time and you're doubling up doubling up doubling up over and over again and you might each catch 25 fish in an hour Damn. You know, 50 fish to the boat but then it's nothing right and it's just it's just shut off so it's finding them sometimes can be tricky but once you get into them it, it, it tends to stay pretty damn good are you going um, to the same place every year every time i go to the same area yeah. um the the uh, we go with uh nomadic waters um michael williams out of uh the atlanta area it's his company he's put a ton of time um exploring down that way and that's who i go with every year and Oh, it's just incredible. We, but we, every time I've been, I've been in the same river system, um, but we're in different sections of it gotcha. and we're covering a ton of area. It's not like you're not waking up and fishing the same spot. I mean, it's endless amounts of, of water. So you're never fishing the same spot twice in a trip. And it's a water-based operation, right? It's taking boats up river. Yeah. We take a mothership, which is like, um, I'd say, I mean, it's a pretty damn big boat. It looks like a big old, like, paddle. river barge. Yeah. Yeah, paddle. Yeah, so, you know, like, something you'd have a casino on and, like, <laughs> back in the day on a river. And it's, you have that, and then behind us, we pull a bunch of bass trackers. Nice. So, we, like, we got the boats we fish off of. I mean, they have, I want to say, like, I don't know, 70 or 90 horsepower um, motors on them. So, we, we can get around. So you can really jump from spot to spot. And if the fishing's bad in one area, we go to another. And uh, we cover a ton of water. But it's usually, I want to say, like like six full days of fishing down there. You know, you work, wake up super early, fish early in the morning until afternoon, take a nap, eat lunch, uh, and then go back out for late afternoon for a few hours. Yeah. I guess that, the heat of the day in the, in the Amazon is a little bit different than down here. <laughs> brutal hot huh oh it's 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 a different type of heat 
Yeah. You have to let it almost overcome you. Like you have to like give yourself to it. Cause <laughs> if you think about it, you won't survive. Right. It's just so humid and hot. You have to just be like, fuck it. Yeah. I accept this. Yeah. This is, this is life. It's what it takes. It's what it takes, but the, the fish make it all wor- worthwhile. I mean, when you get into a big peacock bass, you've never felt anything like it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the way they fight and pull. It's incredible. You get the different species, the butterflies as well. Yeah, there's so many different types of peacock bass that you get into. Um, the Asu is my favorite, and that's kind of the one year, the prize. They're the most uncommon, and those are the ones that, from what I can tell, seem to get the biggest. Uh, like but, the butterflies um, tend to be on the smaller side, and then and you have all these different, these different like kind of colors and like patterns that the Asu seem to be the ones that the really, really big ones all look like Asus. They're all inhabiting the same areas too. They are. Yeah. But I believe, I mean, there's so little known about those fish overall. Like they don't actually know how many species there are there because it's just so much untouched area. But I know there's at least like, I want to say 12 or 13 known types of peacock bass. Really? Yeah. And, 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 I, I'm, and I could be, I could be wrong. I, I think even more than that, but that I can think of like from looking at charts and stuff and pictures, I know there's just a ton of different types and they don't quite know if certain ones are breeding with others and forming new, like new kind of colorways or, or what it is. So it's kind of, it's kind of hard to say, yeah. like, I don't know how much science is really there as far as what they a hundred percent know, but every fish you catch is so different from the from the last you know yeah but you'll start to find these patterns that are similar within different ones and you'll notice that like the, the butterflies which are super pretty they're always small and then in the middle you have the paca which have like the white spot they're more gray yeah grayish colored and they have like white spots all over them and th- those are named after these like little um rodents like these crazy like rodents they have uh in the jungle called paca they basically look like a giant mix between a, a rat and a and a baby fawn deer. Really? Yeah. So like, then they have like these white spots all over them. So that they're named after that. And then the Asu are like the ones that have like the black bars on the side, right? And they're like are more orange and red and brown. And those tend to be the ones that are, get just huge. That's kind of your classic looking peacock color, right? Yeah. Yeah. The classic looking barred. What yeah, other, totally. What other fish are y'all catching down there? Uh, there's wolf fish, um, which are really cool, really toothy looking, ugly, ugly fish. Uh, Arowana, or as people down there call it, Arowana, uh, dragonfish. They basically look like a small Arapaima. So they yeah, have that yeah. kind of dragon-like body. Yeah. And like that, you know, and, and almost like that weird kind of bottom jaw that comes up at a weird angle. Um and there are, there are a bunch of those. Those will eat, like, dry flies in top water. They get really big, cool. too. They can get really big, right? The, the, yeah, they can get really big, too. I mean, like, nowhere close to an arapaima. But, uh, yeah, they get big. And then there is arapaima down there, too. But not a ton where we're fishing. So no one's really trying to look for them and target those. Uh, those tend to be a fish that, like, if you're going to go down there and fish for them, that's what your focus is going to be, yeah. is just on those. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also giant catfish. But those tend to only eat uh, like like bait. 
Like I, I don't, I don't know many people that have caught like the giant catfish on the fly, like the red tails and shovelheads, yeah, and things. Those are crazy totally looking. Um, They're crazy. Yeah, I had one. I bought one from a pet store and put it in a fish tank, and it ate everything, even the bigger fish. It was like, wow, you're the only one left after one night. <laughs> Where did all that? <laughs> That's go? amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the guides, you know, they'll sometimes fish those catfish in the evening, and uh, you know, the, the, but they'll throw like cut bait, yeah. you know, and just or just some food or like a, you know, a piece of meat or something just, and let it sink to the bottom and just wait, you know, are they, are they eating them? Um, I mean, I, I know that most of them, everything we do down there gets released, but every yeah. once in a while, if, if something hooks too deep or something, we will eat some fish legally. We're allowed to each have like kill one fish for the time we're there, but where we're fishing is pretty protected. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, I the only we I have eaten peacock and stuff, but it's only been because it was just a, a bad hook, right? And it, the the fish the fish was going to die, so we ate it. Yeah, pretty pretty tasty. About like a bass. It's okay. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's 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 flake, flaky white fish. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's not my favorite thing, but it, it's it's pretty cool to sit on the bank of of the of the river in the jungle and eat and eat some fish and uh, rice on the on a you know. A little fire that we made and just yeah i don't know it's just in the moment it's pretty amazing yeah that sounds cool as shit you're going back this yeah. summer you said well it keeps getting canceled because of covid um it's really sucked like brazil's been had some of the biggest issues anywhere in the world with with just the virus and then they started basically canceling all the flights down there out of out of miami which has made it really difficult so it's looking now like we're gonna go in february so usually I go in, in, in the fall, like uh, in, the, in their dry season when it's real low water, yeah. uh, October, November time. But it's I think this year we're going to probably go down to a different area and it's going to be in February. But all that's still kind of being planned out right now. Yeah. And that's on the in the Amazon basin or is it Rio Negro? Or? So it's kind of hard to describe. We, we fly into Manaus, which is in the which is at there at the confluence of both rivers. And then we we fly north from there in a smaller plane, and land in a village, like on a, on like a straight up like dirt strip, way sketchy, really awesome, like total total adventure style. Yeah. And then we then we take a bus to a, our mothership, and then we ride the mothership all day. So probably like sixteen hours of travel on the boat, but you're asleep for most of it. Yeah. And when you wake up we're there we're, we're in the place we're fishing and then we'll fish um you know fish every day and then as as, as it, within the boat moves at night while we sleep nice and that way you're like you're kind of constantly covering new water every day when you wake up yeah i just keep thinking of that that jeremy wade show i can't I think, river monsters was that name of his show? river monsters you ever see yeah. the one where the they were in brazil and the plane crashed uh-uh. planes going down in the jungle and the cameraman gets his camera out and starts recording the whole thing and he's planes going down <laughs> the next thing you see is them all floating up gas cans and all the luggage is floating there in waist deep water standing in the middle of the jungle they all survived man it holy shit crazy that's yeah. fucking nuts i would be scared to death standing waist deep in the, in the jungle after a plane wreck damn yeah it was nuts yeah man. that's wild got any other trips planned that is, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think that's it. Like, usually I have a bunch of stuff 
pre-planned every year and it's just been everything kind of fell apart um i'm gonna definitely try and make it down to louisiana for redfish this year which i didn't do last year and i i usually do that a few times a year i'm gonna definitely uh try and make it back down to charleston and do some fishing uh, I just bought a boat, so I'm going to try and do a lot of fishing around here. Yeah, you, and then did you put it in on Sunday? You said you hadn't even got it uh, wet yet. No, I haven't got it wet yet. I I got back and I picked it up, got home, and immediately have worked every single day. So uh, my plan is to get it out this week. Hell yeah, yeah! You'll have to bring that boat down to Charleston. I know, man. You're you're saying uh, I'm going to buy a prop for it and just throw it on there. Yeah, that would that would work great. That uh, jet down here gets a little squirrely. <laughs> yeah everyone says don't put a jet in salt water yeah plus if you're running shallow it's gonna suck all that junk up in there too yeah but i don't think it's that expensive i want to say it's around a thousand bucks if not less to just to do it i'll look into it i'm, I'm pretty excited to learn how to use this thing yeah i've it, you know i've had i had a towie a few years back but i've never had like a this is like a real boat yeah you know? yeah did you sell yeah. your towie i did i a few years ago to buy a house I needed nice. some extra money. So I was like, it was the easiest thing for me to sell at the moment that I knew I could make money, you know, right then and there. Yeah. That's such so, a cool little boat for water. Oh, man, it's awesome. Yeah. Especially in that area, you put the rowing, did you have the rowing center in it? Yeah. I had the rowing frame, frame. and I had a, a 25, uh, you know, prop on it. Nice. So, you know, it, it, that light of a boat, it, it'll go. Yeah. Yeah. Todd's a good dude. Yeah, yes. You put that in the rivers up there? I did, yeah. I fished in a few rivers and took it out on the lake a few times. And, you know, when I had it, I didn't use it as much as I hoped I would. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping with this boat, I'm going to use it, you know, at least once a week. Yeah. It'd be nice to take a third person, too. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, this, I think this thing will comfortably fit three people and definitely it'll, it'll take four. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, 17 a, foot you have a son right i do i got a 17 year old does he 17 see fish yeah yeah hates it does he <laughs> can't stand it yeah <laughs> uh i used to bring him with me everywhere i'd go right and he and he would just sit on the back of the boat and read a book or he'd fish a little bit but as soon as he got old enough to say no he started saying no yeah yeah each his own yeah I, I, you know, he, he's a really good kid and, um, you know, I get it. I didn't want to do what my dad was doing when I was a kid either. So, yeah, no, no, uh, but I, but I wish, I wish he would fish with me. Yeah. So hopefully when he's older, he'll start, he'll, he'll understand how cool it is. Yeah. Nice. What's your plans the rest of the day? You going back to the tattooing? I'm actually in the parked in front of my, in front of the Crooked Creek collar shop. Oh, cool. So I'm about to go in there. Uh, when I get done with you and I'm going to catch up on some stuff from this weekend and make sure everything's working the way it should. And then uh, I'm going to run around town, just get some errands done. Then I go back to the tattoo shop tomorrow. Nice. You're pretty booked up with that. Aren't you a month or so out? Didn't you say? Yeah. Usually like anywhere from four to four to eight weeks, depending on what time of year. Yeah. Right now, I'm booked, you know, till like end of July or something. And did the COVID regulations at Asheville just shut down tattooing and yeah, we shut down for 72 days. Dang. Uh, we, we were, it was illegal to be open. Yeah. 
Um, so that, that sucked. Yeah, dude, that's hard on any business. You know, I, I was pretty anti that. Uh, I don't know. I think it's crazy to tell someone they can't, they can't go to work right. and make a living. Right. Um, you know, especially like in a tattoo shop where it's like one of the cleanest places in the world. Yeah. I mean, we're cleaner than any doctor's office. So if it's safe enough to go to the, the, the hospital, it's even safer to go to a tattoo shop. Yeah. You never hear about anybody getting a staph infection from a tattoo parlor. No, <laughs> no, it's like, it's, it's one of the cleanest places in the world. Yeah. It really is. The amount of shit we have to do to, to, to sanitize everything. It's like, you honestly have nothing to worry about in a tattoo shop. You yeah. have way more to worry about at a doctor's office. Yeah. Nice. I'll come up there and get a tat one day once my wife lets me. Yeah, man. Get a big Mike Tyson rainbow trout on my face or something. <laughs> it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Not with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, cool, man. I'll let you get back to it. Put that boat in the water. Yeah, that's the plan, man. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be in touch with you soon when I come down to Charleston. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll take you out on the boat. Awesome, man. 